With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is going on, everybody? Mike Curlin here from the Bases Load Podcast. And just a reminder, for those who don't know, we have teamed up with Rotoballer this year for the 2020 season, which means we're joining the Rotoballer Radio Podcast Network. Since 2013, Rotoballer has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy baseball players with their fix for in-depth MLB analysis and player news. If you haven't heard, Rotoballer's 2020 draft kit is live, and all Bases Loaded listeners can get 10% off Rotoballer's draft kit by using discount code BASESLOADED. Rotoballer is home to number one fantasy pros accuracy ranker Nick Mariano. Nick's 2020 rankings and projections are available as part of Rotoballer's draft kit, along with printable cheat sheets, draft sleepers and busts, and more than 300 2020 player outlooks and tons of in-season tools. All of this from Rotoballer is available for 10% off with discount code BASESLOADED. Just go to rotoballer.com slash bases loaded and get your draft kit today. And they're walking him with the bases loaded and intentional walk to Barry Bonds. Two and two with the bases loaded and one out. Marcus oh my God. Deep to right field. Way. Hello and welcome in, everybody, to episode 118 of the Bases Loaded Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. And today, I'm not rolling solo. I brought on a guest host, a frequent guest host of the podcast, someone that I interact with way more than I probably should. My wife hates it. She yelled at us this morning. But welcome to the show, as always, Matt Williams. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Williams, but it's M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A-M-S. He is Roto Fanatic. He is Turn 2 Podcast. He is, you know what? He can tell you himself. Matt, what's going on, man? Hey, man. What's up, Mike? Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, you're going to get divorced one day. It's because it's going to be because of baseball. But <laughs> hashtag worth it. No, I'm kidding. Um, I love my wife. I love my wife. I love hey, man, my wife. I love the side hustle, by the way, that you guys have your own. Uh, you have your store where you can buy all the cool, uh, the cool gear you make, some baseball stuff, some non-baseball stuff. Like some some shirts and some uh, some mugs, all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it's just like one hobby turns into another, turns into another, and it's like, well, why not make a few bucks on while we're enjoying ourselves? You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah I'm really bad. Like you just marketed it right now more than I've marketed at all since I've done this. By the way, like <laughs> you've just promoted it way more. People probably don't even know what you're talking about. And um, I think it's I think it's called at Curlin's Creations. I have no idea. I should know these things. And uh, anyway. No one came. No one came to the fantasy baseball podcast to talk about merchandise. They came to hear about fantasy baseball. We are going to answer some fantasy baseball questions you hit us up with this morning. We are going to talk the most added list. And before we get into that, though, I just want to talk general strategy right now because it's been a crazy season. Like, like obviously, like anything we'll ever see again, hopefully, and anything that we've ever like <laughs> probably planned to see, obviously ever anything we've ever seen before, just. How has strategy changed for you? Have you adapted differently? Have you been more aggressive? Have you still been kind of patient with players? How's that gone for you this season? It, yes and no, because I, I've actually been lucky in terms of a lot of my rosters. I haven't had a lot that I've wanted to change. I've had the occasional person go down like Justin Verlander 
or, um, you know, just a, a person here or there like Jose Leclerc. But in general, I, I haven't needed to tweak my teams because I actually drafted well and I've avoided COVID nonsense. Which is lucky. Straight yeah, just as lu- it, yeah, straight lucky. Uh, but yeah, there are instances like Jose Leclerc and Justin Verlander specifically where, yeah, you can't wait for the typical amount of plate appearances or at bats to try to see things normalize. You got to be aggressive as all hell. So, yeah, if uh, especially in the bullpen, if you had a guy go down, like I always wait till the end. I, you know, talking with you, you know, I probably have universal shares of Joe Jimenez, which has worked out. But I also have like a lot of shares of Kilo, which didn't work out early. Um, so when uh, when people pop up. Uh, that have jobs, you got to like throw money down, except with relief pitching, it's really volatile. So I haven't really done it. I've lucked, I've gotten guys like Taylor Williams on the cheap and I've tried to like plan ahead. Uh, but uh, overall, you have to be incredibly aggressive if you have an opening. I, I haven't been bidding very high on just the flavor of the month. Uh, you know, when people see guys like uh, Brady Singer, do well, you know, or Chris Bubik. I, I haven't really been bidding high on anything like that. But if you have a, someone go down and there's an obvious head and shoulders person above the rest of the pack available on waivers, you dump three, you know, dump a third of your fab, if not half of it, if it's something. <laughs> because if you have an opening and you may not be able to fill it, you fill it immediately because there's only so many weeks in this thing. Yeah, we don't, we, we're down like a quarter of the season's done already. Like it's yeah. mind blowing. <laughs> it is absolutely mind blowing. And that's why I was curious, like, what is your thoughts on dropping struggling players? I, I made the mistake, if you want to call it that. I dropped Paxton before the start, and he obviously pitched very well. The velo still wasn't up. I think he averaged like 92 and a half miles per hour, roughly, give or take a, like a 0.2 miles per hour. But regardless, he was, I, I still wasn't like even in leagues where I still had him because I didn't drop him everywhere. I dropped him in a few places. I didn't start him anyway for the start, and I still don't have the confidence for next start. Mm. I, still I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't start him next start either. If if anyone owns him still, and you're in a trade league, I'd trade him. I think yeah. he's a, he's an obvious sell now for me. That's where I'm at. But tr- dropping him instantly, my buddy, because it's a home league, I dropped him in, and my buddy scooped him up as a guy who believes in veterans. He's also the same guy who rostered Mad Bum, so I got my revenge on that discussion. But it's uh. But here we talk about him, Paxton. Obviously, you don't drop him after that start. You try to sell on him, but Mad Bum, no one. I don't know if you you could try to sell on his name, but would you drop him right now? Oh, absolutely. Um, it depends on how much you spend on a guy, but Bumgarner, absolutely a drop. Charlie Morton. We have to wait on the news, that but shoulder. he's probably he's probably a drop soon too. Uh, but you know, because he has the the he already you know he's injured at this point. And but. the velo was down, so maybe I'm wondering was it partially because of the shoulder? And he's been pitching through it, and now it just kind of hit him. Yeah, it definitely could be. You know, with the velocity being down the whole time, it definitely seemed like we were waiting for an injury to happen, and it finally popped up. But yeah, if there's someone who's struggling mightily that you haven't put like a top three round pick into, I, I really you can move on. Uh, I mean, Christian Yellick is, is starting to heat up. You were never going to dump him anyway. But anyone like fifth round beyond, if they there's just something dramatically wrong and not just someone heating up, feel free to move on because, uh, you know, there's certain guys like Brian Reynolds. Uh, you can see all of his numbers uh, behind the scenes actually look okay in terms of he's hitting, you know, line drive rate is fine. He's hitting the ball hard. Um, but he it just looks like his timing is off. Same thing with Josh Bell. He finally like kind of got, out of it a little bit ago um and he's starting to get going but brian reynolds is someone like you don't want to cut him because you just kind of have to look at what the problem is if uh if there's obvious things it's usually easier to find with pitchers yeah you can move on and move on quickly now this is gonna tug at your heartstrings but what are you doing with pete alonzo right now 
Not much you can. Not much you can do. It was always a mistake. He's outside the top three round. He's outside that top three round pick you mentioned, and he did. He has had a hit in each uh, in four of the last five. So he's been getting a little, you know, a little more, a little more bat in the ball. Hit a home run two nights ago. But otherwise, like, are you trying to are you trying to buy low on him right now, or are you? Willing to sell low? Or are you kind of like just holding tight if you have him? Yeah, I mean, I'd look to buy low. I I don't know. I don't think his owner will probably sell him for cheap enough. Uh, you can't. The reason you can't move on from him is one, he's going to turn it around. He was always hitting the ball hard. He's had two of like the ten hardest hit balls of the entire season, so he still has that in him. He's just overstriding and making some problems. The main issue with moving on from him, uh, if you were looking to, is there's not first base isn't deep. It's such a hard position. You weren't. You're not going to be able to replace him with Jesus anyone. Aguilar. <laughs> Jesus Aguilar, get him, do it. You can't. You can't replace because really, like best case scenario, how much better is Aguilar going to be Alonzo? Like you're not getting an obvious upgrade there, so that's why you, you know he's a um, special case. Tongue in cheek, obviously. No, but we, no, we because know, we, we were know. talking. We love uh, Aguilar. I mean, I I think he's very legit though. Yeah, because I mean, the only thing is, is you start looking at Alonzo and there's like a lot of red flags. Ground ball rate spiked to 50, 50% so far. Mm-hmm. It was already at 40% last year. So stuff like that. He's not pulling the ball as much. Maybe he's not getting the pitches in the area he's used to. There's a lot. Like, and again, sophomore slumps. This was a big reason why I was fading Alonzo in the first place. Yeah. Just this year, not long term. And it's one of those things that if you like personally, if I owned him, I would sell him because I think you can still sell him on his name. And yeah, if, if he's he, since he heated up now, I think it's a great time to try to sell him. And if you even if you're selling low, I think you can get back like uh, I don't know. I would say Conforto, but never mind. Conforto's really, really doing well. Um, I'm trying to think of like that mid like that mid level, like you know, the eighth to tenth round pick type of guy that right around that ADP of 100, somebody that's just like a solid safe piece. If you're if you want to hedge your bets, you go ahead and get somebody like that, like a like a. I, I, why why can't the names we drafted so much i, I, I trade i trade pete alonzo for eddie rosario right now. there we go perfect name in that in that area bat he bats clean up a lot for the twins right now he's a guy that, that that was a perfect name because i just couldn't quite grasp that he was in that adp area perfect but you could probably get him like honestly why not it's a great name that's a great, uh, great incidentally player. uh eddie rosario has got to be one of the best by lows in all of baseball uh or you should say by low he's batting 208 with like three home runs uh, but his K rates down to 10%, which is usually around like 15, 20, 25 is where he's been in his career mm-hmm. His walk rates up to like 11.7, which that was always his problem. He's usually sitting around three yeah. to 5%. Yeah. So he's hitting 208 with a BABIP of 182, but his plate discipline is an all time high and he's hit three home runs. So, uh, again, hitting 208, I, uh, Eddie Rosario is someone I definitely go out and grab. I'm intri- I'm intrigued. You've really piqued my interest with him because I don't have any shares. So you know, like, there's so many players we can look into every day. And now it's like, I'm now you're looking at him, and the ground ball rate's about the same. The fly, you know what it is, is he's fl- fl- his fly balls have really increased according to fan tracks or fan graphs. Sorry, not fan tracks. Fan graphs. His fly ball rate increased, and the pop ups increased. Info fly ball rate is up five percent. So I'm wondering just like how much of that babip are we gonna get if he keeps putting the ball in the air that much? But I'm also looking for that pull, right? Where is it? He's, he's not pulling the ball as much. I don't know. All fields approach should play better. But if he keeps popping up, getting under balls as much as he is, there could be some issue. But still obvious regression coming in the batting average. The thing I like there is I think I think the plate discipline uh, with yeah, him stands really out more where I think it's too early to make a determination maybe on his pull rate and, and pop-up rates where yeah. you can go through bad spurts of there. Um, he's 
typically he's about as consistent as you can get. He's like oh, one of those right. boring guys every year. He's going to give you 25 to 30 home runs, 100 RBIs ish and bat like 280 to 290. So I think that's kind of what you can expect pace wise, but if his plate discipline is going to be better, there's something there. I just, it's, I don't, at his age, uh, you know, age 28, I don't think the wheels just fell off in terms oh, no, of going. hundred no. percent yeah. agree with you. And I, I don't think, I don't think, it's a full, I think you're, he's a great buy low and I'm okay with giving up Alonzo for Rosario, which hurts to say, but if you can get Rosario, you might even be able, cause Rosario is struggling. Maybe you can get Rosario plus for an Alonzo. Oh yeah. I didn't mean one for one. You can get more than that for sure. Uh, he's just one of those guys where I think you could trade Alonzo for Rosario, lose nothing really on offense and still add another big piece. Yeah, are you buying into Nick Castellanos? By the way, none of this stuff, this is just conversation between you and I at this point because none of this stuff's on the outline. But I'm curious on your thoughts on Nick Castellanos because I see the J.D. Martinez ascension happening right now. Uh, no, not really. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I always believe in Castellanos. And the thing is, like, he's in the Great American Ballpark, which everyone assumed would like, like be this gigantic thing for him. But, you know, Comerica, for the kind of hitter he was, wasn't actually that bad of a spot. Uh, and then, you know, he was coming from Coors Field. So everyone expected uh, him to have this monster year. And while I don't doubt what he's doing, I think that uh, he's he is a little bit of a sell high if someone is willing to, like, trade you Christian Yellick for him. Like, yeah, I mean, everyone. I missed that, though. Might everyone, missed that with uh, Yellick getting uh, hot recently. My yes. mess, just missed that window, unfortunately. So I, I don't think he's like all of a sudden the uh, the amazing player some guys are making him out to be. Uh, his barrel percentage is right now like twenty four point four percent. If he sticks there, he's the greatest hitter of all time. He's not he's not the greatest hitter of all time. Uh, his launch angle right now is twenty point one. He's lived usually in the fourteen fifteen fourteen area. And the he, reason he's always been such a great hitter is that standard deviation of launch angle he has, which is his back control. When you look at launch angle, you look at an average launch launch angle. So you can see anything from like, you know, negative two degrees to, to, you know, to 50 degrees, but um, standard deviation shows you how little deviation there is between their high and low. And he's always like kind of at the forefront, his increase in launch angles, a little, a little worrisome from what he's usually doing. Uh, but he's still hitting the ball on the sweet spot around the same amount where he is at his peak. So yeah, everything he's doing is absolutely legitimate. He's hitting the ball. Uh, Stack has hard hit rates like 51.2%. I have absolutely no issue with what he's doing. His walk percent is 9.1. He's a leading MVP candidate. So, yeah, I, I buy into everything he is doing. But he's at a, such a pace where he's probably not going to keep this up. So if you are, let's just say the best way to sum this up, if you have him, but you've suffered from maybe injury or having a couple of holes, Absolutely try to trade him and get a couple of pieces because there's no one player that is necessarily ever really worth holding on to if someone's going to overpay. So if you have him and your your team is intact, you know, obviously stay put. He's going to drag you to a championship because he's been amazing and he probably will continue to be. But if you have some holes, don't hold on to him thinking he's going to be your savior. He's only one guy. I would try to move him um, and try to get a couple of nice pieces back. You know, I mean, like, you know, I bring up Eddie Rosario. There, there is no way in, in in terms the same kind of player at all. But if you traded Nick Castellanos to the guy who owned Eddie Rosario and you got an ace back, like if you needed a pitcher, you could get an ace. Like I'm talking like, like, you know, one of the top guys in the entire league, you can get an ace back and um, 
Like, you know, if you can get Shane Bieber and Eddie Rosario for Nick Castellanos, you absolutely do it. That's but tough. I, I feel like Bieber alone would be a hard get right now. Clevenger, you'd be more of the buy low type right now. Well, I don't I, know. If, I don't know if you could buy low. You could obviously get Clevenger. Uh, but if, just if you wanted to sell a sure thing, if the, the guy who had Bieber needed a hitter badly and he had some pitching to to spend, I feel like you can that I feel like you can make that trade. So I think it's something worth exploring because you don't want to sell low on Castellanos. You don't no, want to, I, I wouldn't want to trade him for Clevenger and, and uh, Rosario because you're not actually sure what you're getting. You want a sure thing back. I just um, don't think, I think Bieber's gonna be a tough get right now from anybody who owns him. Cause that's their ace. Again, it depends on the rest of the, it depends on a lot of other factors. Who well, you might be talking roster and all that. You might be talking about the two hardest guys to trade for in baseball and Bieber and Castellanos. Yeah, that's true. But there is a guy that you could probably buy low on if you were interested. And I believe you'd get a lot of accepting, like a lot of people accepting this trade is give up Castellanos and get Arenado. I think that could happen right now. Arenado hasn't looked so fantastic from my, from what I remember anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's inter- I guess it would depend on your roster. It, it would be hard for me to do that one for one. Uh just cuz then you're purely hoping <laughs> from the bounce back. Uh it, it, there's the I mean he's another one with that uh strikeout rate way down to 6.6% with a walk rate at 9.8% Arenado, but he's hitting yeah. 185 right now with three home runs. So it's like it's one of those things people, what it is, the reason why you, I see this trade happening in a lot of leagues is because people, it's a, it's a similar profile as far as, you know, four categories, floor, all that. But Arenado with the track record, Castellanos has never had a track record of hitting for this much power and all that. But I, in a shortened season, and I don't know, man, I'm almost buying into Castellanos at this point, finishing out the year better than Arenado. I know. It's, yeah. I, I would know, not, I, crazy. I wouldn't trade Castellanos for Arenado. I would not. I, I don't like one for one trades much uh, in terms of like similar because <laughs> like third base for third base. Obviously, the Castellanos is outfield most places. But yeah, I wouldn't do that. I, I would only trade Castellanos if you have a big hole elsewhere. Uh, and that would that would be it. But there's really there's not many hitters I'd be trading Castellanos for other than like the big shortstops. Um, I mean, I trade him for geez. I trade him for Jose. I trade him for Jose Ramirez. Like, but yeah, you're talking first, second round. I mean, I wouldn't trade Castellanos for JD Martinez. No, that's why I said I think I think we're gonna see Castellanos going in the second round next year as the JD Martinez type. Because if you look at the launch angle change, it's been pretty consistent. Like I've been monitoring him for a little bit, and he was another guy with the with the swing change. He didn't even need one, but he made one this year. He looks more compact and he and he's putting the ball in the air more. And you see the ground ball rate down, the fly ball rate up, the line drive rate really up. So that'll play to the batting average and the bad bit, which he's never had an issue with the batting average and stuff. So I'm really buying into Castellanos as a whole. And I think he's taking that ascension into JD Martinez to category into a territory. Would you trade Castellanos? Now you mentioned you don't like doing one for ones, but a lot of people do do one for ones. And a lot of people want to try to buy low. Would you sell high on Castellanos to get a Francisco Lindor who's struggling right now? Has the three home runs, but again, another guy batting 221 and striking out a little more, walking a little less. It's, I think we, we all know he's kind of a known commodity. I think he'll come around. And I think that's where it gets kind of tough for me because he hasn't stolen any bases. But you got to think he's going to. I have a hard – if I need steals, I might make this deal. But otherwise, I'm just going to stand – again, stay with uh, Cassianos. What, what are you doing in that situation? When I say I don't do one-for-one one trades, I mean one-for-one one in terms of players that are going to offer similar things. Uh Castellanos and, and Arenado are triple crown hitters. They're going to give you yeah. – they're just going to give you average home runs and RBIs and, and nothing else. Lindor, I'd absolutely. If you have a, if you have an opening at shortstop and, and that's a need, 
um, you can fill in at, at outfield for Castellanos. You can find someone to plug in there. If you have a need at shortstop, absolutely, I make that deal. Uh, you know, if if that is something that's going to help your team, where you feel like you can plug it, you have someone on your bench. Uh, you know, you lucked out on Kyle Lewis or Jacoby Jones, or you just have a decent outfield. You can plug someone in there. And if, you know, you're wheeling out someone that you're not happy with every day at shortstop, then yeah, absolutely. I definitely make that trade. I would bank on the superstar Lindor heating up here um, for the rest of the year. It, it, I think it's a safe, safe bet to make. So yeah, I definitely do that. And I think it's a deal you probably can do. Um, yeah, would you trade Nick Ka- if let's say you're starving for a pitcher, would you trade Castellanos um, for, whatever i mean eddie rosario is the only one in my head so let's go there <laughs> um, we said bieber earlier would be too hard to get would you trade him for like a, a rosario walker bueller package oh yeah if i need an ace i would do that because bueller isn't is not off to a great start yeah um but it's more realistic so you could you could probably if if that team had some other pitchers you could probably peel him away yeah 100 agree or if you have to add like a little something like if you had to add Cassianos and let's say somebody like a um i don't know insert like a hot starting guy that might maybe don't believe in or i don't know it doesn't matter you know maybe a police sack although i do buy in a police sack he's still somebody that if you had to throw him into that deal i think i still would just to get walker bueller to be honest or maybe not police sack. again somebody even that you don't buy into as much but is would you would you trade uh, would you trade bueller or would you trade Cassianos for bueller and uh kyle lewis no I like Carlos. You know, I lo- actually, you know, I love him. Yeah. But there's so many red flags there. I mean, yes, there's, there's a lot of swing and miss. His launch angle, since I initially looked at him, decreased to like one degree last I looked. Like his average launch angle. He's hitting a crap ton of ground balls, but his his plus speed will help. The all fields approach will help. But it's obvious uh, regression candidate. I think he'll be good this year. But I obviously the hot start was exactly what it was a hot start or is a hot start and. I just but, can't totally. That's interesting though, because yeah. that means you absolutely would not trade Nick Castellanos for Walker Bueller. Straight up. No, I wouldn't. Uh, probably not, unless it's team context. Like I say, I you're guess. desperate for a pitcher. Who's who's the lowest starting pitcher you trade him for? Because if you're oh, not well, trading then, him for Bueller, yeah. that's kind of tough. Let's just say you you have Castellanos. You absolutely need it. You 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 want to go get yourself an yeah. ace. Then yeah, okay, I lied. I would do that trade. Then you're right. Okay. I didn't put it in that context. I would I would trade him for Walker Bueller straight up if I need a pitcher for sure. Yeah, I okay. wouldn't trade him for a Kershaw because I'm scared of that back. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Kershaw was another name. But. And if you have Castellanos, there's literally uh, some people. I don't know. There's there's different people listening to the show. You may be laughing. Oh, you can never get Walker Bueller for Nick Castellanos. You absolutely you could. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised. Uh, I've seen people dropping like you mentioned in one of your leagues. Someone dropped you had no Suarez. Like you don't drop Suarez right now. You actually go buy yes. low on Suarez. Absolutely. And that's a good name. That was actually a good name to bring up earlier. A guy in that weird area where you could buy low on that Suarez instead of uh, Rosario. Suarez would have fit that bill as well. Yeah, beautiful. But yeah, all right. Back, let's get back on topic because uh, this is not planned at all. Let's <laughs> talk. Well, we, it was always fun. I, I just want to get your thoughts on these things. The most added list, and the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because there's like three potential closers on here, and it goes back to that closer carousel and you kind of being part of it. Trevor Rosenthal is 33% on. This is most added in Yahoo leagues. He's the most added player right now. You have Rafael Montero, who's jumped up to 39% owned as like the third most added player. And then you have the guy way down at the bottom, barely owned, barely added in over 600 leagues in um, Miguel Castro, I think it is. I, I had it written down. Miguel Castro, yes, of the of the Orioles. He did just get the save yesterday. and uh, Or two days ago, I, I apologize. Looked pretty good. Has looked really good this year. How are you feeling about these guys? Are you like, like you saw, like the reason why their ownership is so high is because of how aggressive everyone's being on closers. Do you have any confidence in any of them? Do you have any preference? 
Like, what are you doing? I mean, if you had to rank them, how would you rank them? Uh, the Kansas City offense has actually been sneaky good. Uh, yes. They they roughed up a couple. They roughed up Tyler Chatwood. They, last night they roughed up some. I mean, they have good home run hitters. If they can avoid strikeouts, they're actually a pretty dangerous team. Uh, so Trevor Rose, Trevor Rosenthal, I was on in pre- the preseason because I was always like always looking for cheap options. Their coach Mike Matheny was a very vocal about him. He looked good in spring training 1.0. Um, I, I believe in him, so he's definitely one. Rafael Montero is an absolute trap. Um, he's looked good. And, uh, if you, if you, you know, I made a joke on, you know, I put out the, you know, whatever it's a trap, uh, star Wars meme mm-hmm. out there on, uh, on Twitter for when Rafael Montero was kind of like, got his second save and people were like, it was good last year. He had a two, four, eight ERA, four, four, five expected ERA. Um, he kind of got hit around on the sweet spot. It, 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 he wasn't as good as he appeared. So he and he's not like a huge um, strikeout guy, but he last last year he had around a thirty percent K rate. This year thirty three percent K rate. So he looks okay, but his hard hit percentage this year is about fifty percent. He's just a guy. He's gonna get hit around real bad, and they'll probably end up going to someone else before the year is out. So, if, you know, I saw someone spent like I don't know. I think uh, I think Ryan <laughs> Bloom. Uh, I think Bloom uh, over at uh, uh, yeah at, uh, Fantasy HQ. He uh he said I think it's like nine hundred bucks was spent in fab on him in one of his NFBC main events, so yeah that's that's not good. Uh, I I don't have any more confidence in him than I have in pretty much any other standing closer. And then like you'd mentioned, uh, the, what was the last guy? Miguel Castro. Yeah, again, just a guy. <laughs> He's looking good. It's just how like I feel like the Orioles do this every year. They just play games with the closer situation. Yeah, they just don't it, ever bring in a constant thing. There's not <laughs> many people of the the rotating. Oh, just look what happens in Pittsburgh. There's not many rotating people I feel too good about. I mean, Taylor Williams in Seattle, he looks pretty good. But again, who knows? <laughs> you know, you can't really bank on anybody. Um, it's in, there's gonna before spending all of your fab on one player, just know that they're very unlikely to finish the year, whether it's by injury, by poor performance, by COVID. There's so many reasons not to spend a ton of money on any part-time closer because you're probably going to have to swap them out again at some point. Gotcha. And yeah, it's just, again, it was just one of those things that there's just so many closers right now. Are you, so essentially, are you becoming, are you just going to be a little patient? Let these closers kind of get picked up, let people burn their fab and then maybe try to play catch up a little bit later on as the trade deadline approaches and, and more injuries or more bad performances occur. I let people chase the saves all they want. I won't spend anything there on crappy pitchers that close games. There's so many pitchers that are being used to get saves nowadays that just go get good pitchers, which is why in draft season, I was, I was getting the guys at the very end. I have Brandon Kinsler. I have Joe Jimenez. I don't care. I have some people to get me saves, but then I am loaded up on James Karinchak. I am loaded up on, um, you know, Diego Castillo. I'm just loaded up on pitchers that are good that are going to get the occasional save. I still want to do that. If uh, if it comes like you have a, you know, your your league, there's trades, and it comes like you know t- near the trade deadline, and you look at the standings and looks like you can stand to make up ground with one solid person, then yeah. Um, try to find a team that can spare one or maybe a team that was decimated and maybe is punting, you know, and maybe you can try to s- go and try to grab a uh, Liam Hendricks or something um, or make a lower trade to grab some of these cheaper guys. But yeah, in terms of fab, you're going to need to replace hitters and pitchers so much that I like to save it there to be able to 
to be able to make sure that I get the maximum out of innings pitched and at bats that I possibly can. But um, yeah, you put in your bids just in case some people are asleep at the wheel, but it's never worth blowing all of your fab on one middling reliever. And yet everyone's doing, especially in these deeper leagues, TGFBI, uh, NFBC, yeah. Sometimes you have no choice. You got to get like, say, no, I agree. Like, I agree. The problem is it's falling behind. It's so hard to catch up on the deeper the league. So shallower leagues, I like your style for sure. 10, 12s. I think you can get by um, 15 teamers. You have to be, you have to be a little more aggressive. That's all. Yeah. That's, if it's, there's it's no one, about, uh, yeah. If there's no one ever replenishing the waiver wire, you got to shoot your shot at one point. Uh, so it's no or shade throwing point. it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> at every point. Cause that's all you got. You just got to get it, man. It's tough. It's hard out here, man. I don't know if you see like, you see Twitter ablaze with people just like, I can't, I gave up like 450 and I can't even get Montero. Like that's like, he was going for like six, he was going for like huge amounts in fab. It's absurd. I rather, yeah. but see, I rather let that happen. Like even if I'm struggling a little bit, I think even though it's a short season, even I've been bad about this. It's a short season. You can still afford to be a little patient. It's a, it's a pick. You have to pick the right spots. And I don't think blowing that much fab on Montero, who could easily lose the job as well, wasn't the spot to pick. I think you wait for this trade deadline. If you have, if you have all that fab come the trade deadline, guess who's in shape for all those closers coming up the wire? Yeah, and you gotta you gotta save some too because like you you spend all this on Montero, who again will no doubt lose the job at some point. Carlos <laughs> Martinez has been dropped in your league, and then all of a sudden he works his way up, and then boom, down the stretch he's the closer. How much does he go for? Fifty bucks because no one has any money left, but you do because you didn't waste all your money, and you can you can afford to yeah. you know penny pinch like just like you do in like a, you know like you should do in a auction draft where you can just bully people at the end. Save something for the end so you can, you know, but you don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be buried in the standings by then. So uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a short delicate. season. It's, it's a delicate it's, uh, it is. balance. But all I can say is, uh, yeah, don't, the main thing is don't waste your money on pitchers that could hurt your ratios. Um, Montero's been good. If you believe in him, fine. If you, you have an opening and you spent like 300, even 400 on him, it's fine. I, I don't know why you'd be in the 900 range. But yeah, don't be putting don't be putting your money on these pitchers that may get a save and have a better chance of blowing up your ERA and whip than they do of actually getting a save. Like it's not worth it. It's so worth it. All right. <laughs> um, I guess a few, we could talk about a few more of these guys on the most added list, but it's just like Dylan Moore. It's I, I want to say it's like a hot streak. Todd Frazier's interesting, actually. I know I shouldn't say that. I, those words should come out of my mouth, but I think it's because the Rangers as a whole are stealing more bases. And Dylan Moore, the reason why I like him is also for the same thing. The Mariners have the second most steals as a team this year, and he has three steals on the year, hitting for a little bit of power, so he's not empty steals. Getting playing time, hitting second in that lineup, and multi-positional eligible. There's a lot to like there, but I feel like this is the year to just chase the hot hand, and that's what he is. What are your thoughts on those two, Dylan Moore and uh, Todd Frazier? Any interest there? If you're streaming hitters, there's no riding the high hand moving on, riding the high hand moving on. And Fab, I wouldn't really spend much on him because it's, I mean, that's all it is. It's it's him having a hot streak. Um, he's, you know, he's batting 293, expected batting average at 264. There's some flaws there. He's currently hitting the ball incredibly hard. His ex Wobicon is 541. Like league average is like 370. So, uh, but again, <laughs> did you look at his K rate, K rate and walk rate? Oh, you're about to yeah. get to it. <laughs> yeah, 30, 32.6% K rate, 0% walk rate. I mean, red flag after red flag. This is like a hat on a hat of terrible, uh, data in and behind. So yeah, power and speed. If you can fit him in great. But it's one of those things where, and you're in a deep league. I know that you know there's not a lot on the waiver wire. 
you can't dump all your money on a player like this because it's obvious it's not going to end well for you. Um, he's just a guy. And like you said, it's great what Seattle's doing. And I think that, you know, since you're saying they're running as a team, not many people are running. There's a lot of people we thought like, does Trey Turner have a stolen base yet? I think he's over three. Does he has over three? There's some guys that have like zero. We thought would like steal I zero. I, I think he attempted, but it doesn't help when your attempts aren't successful. <laughs> so it's, uh, <laughs> I'll yeah, look it up real quick. It's a little annoying uh, in terms of uh, trying to chase these down. So yeah, rather than to, uh, if you're behind the eight ball, as far as, um, as far as stolen bases go, rather than try to chase specific players, it's not a bad idea to just try to chase down teams, teams that are running. Like you said, the Rangers I, are top four as well. Yeah. The Rangers, uh, there's certain guys that uh, it's just, you know, it's just interesting. Yeah. And the Padres, that's why Cronenworth is a guy that at the very least, I mean, he's again, another guy just has a little bit of pedigree. People really excited about him getting opportunity every day at, first, at second base now with Hosmer back, but multi-positional eligible, showing some power and is on a team that will run the Padres lead the league in stolen bases. So if you're targeting a team again, there you go. So it's just like one of those things that you just got to, like you said, take the high end. But the weird thing about Dylan, uh, going back to Dylan Moore, that is his name. I had to double check. I'm like, Dylan, I was, I'm like, where the heck is all this? Like, I still don't even see where the, the strikeouts are coming from. Trey Turner free- does have uh Trey Turner does zero stolen bases, but yes, zero, but he's zero for three. Yeah. I looked it up. I meant to confirm that he's over three. He's actually attempted three and he only, he only got caught five times all of last year. So that's a weird, like, in fact, he's, getting caught he's, had, he's having a terrible year, isn't he? <laughs> yes, he is. And I liked him like as a top five pick towards the second, for right. the second half league. A lot, a lot of people did, man. Well, and we all liked him over Mike Trout, who Mike Trout missed like three games and we expected him to miss like a week or two. Zero so, stolen bases, by the way. For for Trout? Yeah, zero. I'm Which, okay with I that. I, I don't know if I, what? I'm okay with Trout having zero. I mean, he's killing it otherwise. Well, here, here, well, no, I don't know if anyone remembered my uh, thread I did about Mike Trout and everyone saying he was the unanimous number one pick. And I was saying I'd be fine with Acuna, who's obviously not lived up to it, but he's heating up like crazy now. Three and I said, with, I said without in a typical... 365 game season. If Trout doesn't steal a base, he's JD Martinez. You know who's more valuable than Mike Trout? Nick Castellanos. Yeah. Without I, stolen bases, Mike Trout is not better than Nick Castellanos. Yeah, he's he's a he's a Nolan Arenado with better track record. Yeah, with track record, and I'm not, you know I'm not telling anyone anything, but honestly, I mean, if you could trade Mike Trout for Nick Castellanos and get something else back, absolutely do it. Absolutely well. do it. If you get, if, if you need, if there's, if you can get Nick Castellanos and Clevenger, sign me up. Sell on. I, I'm okay with selling high on Trout because again, stolen bases are key. What are you buying into Tatis? I mean, again, off the cuff because of how hot he is. Have to. He's, he, right? Like the pedigree's there. He's another guy with a little tweak in the swing, getting the ball in the air more, doing better things with it. I'm in on him. And I was in on him prior to the season. I actually have a couple shares. So those teams are obviously doing well. But not as much as I'd like because I wanted to hedge my bets. I was like, okay, in case this goes wrong, I stopped taking them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm obviously not going to be upset that some teams are really good with them without them. But a guy that he's just a guy that it's like you got to just buy in. And if not, he's he's another one that's going to outperform his metrics with that plus speed tool anyway. But the fact that he's like a modesty who can hit is all is amazing. <laughs> modesty who can hit. That's, that's a good way thing. to put it. I have one share of Tatis, and it's in the NFBC main event. So hey, I picked a good spot. He was just going too early for me because, like you said, it, it's just you know he he could have been the MVP. He could have been a zero. We don't know. It's, soft, it's sophomore, <laughs> but he's he. I wouldn't trade him for anyone. One for one, I would trade him for nobody. Ooh, that's that's uh, bold. 
I mean, you can't. You got to ride it, especially again going back you can't. to targeting and, and with the way stolen bases are this year. You can't. Going back, you yeah, and you're targeting teams, and the Padres lead the league in stolen bases. Got to got to ride with them. But, but sorry, tangent. Back to more, and I'm looking. I don't understand where the strikeouts are coming from. Back to more. It was like yeah, because I'm because I'm I'm intrigued about Dylan Moore because the strikeout rate is so high. But you look at his whiff rate, twenty five point eight percent. League average is twenty four point four. Okay, cool. Maybe there's more. No, he has an above average O swing of 26.8 with a league average of 29.5. He has above average swinging strike rate of 10.7 with a league average of 11.3. Where is this 30-something percent strikeout rate coming from? Here, here, here. this is the problem. He's batting 440 on fastballs. He's batting 083 on breaking pitches and zero on off speed. He has a 66.7 whiff rate on breaking and a 55.6 off speed. Dylan Moore, you are about (laughs) to see less fastballs. And you he are going been. to be, I oh yeah, last year he saw 60%. Now he's 49. I'm just saying you're never seeing fastballs. The Ever. league is going to start getting on. Because right now they're like, who's Dylan Moore? They do not even have a scouting report on you because they don't care. Uh, they're going to start caring. And you are about, you know, again, three home runs all against fastballs. Yeah. 14 of his 16 strikeouts are on breaking and off speed. He's going to get a steady, steady diet. Again, four doubles all on fastballs. He has one hit on uh, <laughs> non-fastballs, and he's about to see none of them. So Dylan Moore is like the mother of all sell highs. And again, just uh, ride no- it. Just, yeah, ride it. And as soon as he cools down, drop him. Don't think twice. Yes. I'm just wondering that maybe because, again, he's not swinging and missing a lot. Is there some – because he has a history of being a decently patient hitter as far mm-hmm. as the walk rates go. It's nothing spectacular, but maybe he's sitting fastball. And once he gets one, he's just swinging at it. Or maybe they're attacking him first pitch fastballs. And so, yeah, like you said, the pitchers will adjust. This isn't going to last forever. There's, <laughs> I was like, I'm glad you found the holes because I was like, where the heck is the hole in the swing when everything else is pointing to positive? Like, why is he striking out so much? And then I'm like, oh, he's not hitting anything, not a fastball. Okay. Well, it's like everything, right? Some rookies, like, you know, even like, remember when Shane Spencer came up or some pitchers that are two pitch guys, you can ambush people until they get a plan. And then once they have a plan, your career is over or you adjust. We'll see if Dylan Moore can adjust and hit breaking balls and off speed. He doesn't look like he can, uh, but that's, you know, if you own him and someone takes him seriously, move him, you know, move him on. But as soon as he starts to struggle, uh, I drop him real quick. Are you buying into anything Todd Frazier is doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking. I mean, he's 34 years old. What has he done this year? Um, a, two home runs, a stolen base, striking out 20.4% of the time. He's never been a really big strikeout guy, career 21.9. He's walking like half, half, his, half his walk rate of his career. Um, I think he's all right. He's hitting the ball kind of hard Yeah, uh, know, compared, compared to what he usually does. His line drive rate is 26%, which is what you really like to see. There's nothing out of whack with like his home run to fly ball ratio. So, yeah, he has a track record of being able to hit the ball hard, so nothing really he's doing is surprising. I mean, I, I don't expect there to be any kind of, you know, any kind of stolen base <laughs> outbreak. The one is probably an anomaly, but his plate discipline looks pretty good. Um, his 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 swing percentage is just down in general, but uh, he's fine. He's, he's Todd Frazier. I, I think that he's just cheap power. Everyone kind of going crazy on um, – on fab with him. I mean, good luck. I don't think you'll be disappointed. I think that he'll end the season with maybe, maybe five or six home runs. Um, the one stolen base is probably it. I don't the know. 306, man. The 306 batting for Frazier <laughs> for the, for the stolen bases only because if you look back, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's done double digit stolen bases three years in a row. But this is 14, 15 and 16. As far as years ago, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2013 and 15, but he did steal nine in 2018 for your Mets. So we're talking very recent. 
he could still four three to four stone bases, and that right there, three to four stone bases when you have a trade turn on your team who sold none can be helpful. So I'm being a little optimistic on the on the stolen bases because again, that's another team that top four in the league in stolen bases. So I will say there's one thing. He's like fourth percentile in sprint speed. I know but, with the skill. But um in 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 2000 uh in 2006 in 2017 he was 26.6 feet per second and uh 2019 he was 25.3 now he's he's 23.9 oh well uh, maybe i'm not so optimistic thank you <laughs> he's he's a guy who was never very fast uh that, that is is now slower uh maybe he'll steal the bag if you're not respecting him which i don't think anyone's ever going to but i mean perfect i'll take him they all count yeah, the same he may he may take a couple but if you to bank on it, it seems like misguided. I'm not banking on it. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to take advantage of the fact that the Rangers are just letting their guys run. They have yeah. to manufacture hey, runs. If Isaiah Kiner Falefa has like yeah, what, five? he has like four, it? four or five yeah. already right now. Yeah, Solak has like two or three, doesn't he? So yeah, if Falefa, if, if, if IKF is what I call him, it's so much easier. If he's available in your leagues, add him as a catcher. He's still in bases. He's hitting the ball well. He's he's just just add him. Catching catcher is a cesspool of like just depression. So you got to just ride the hot hand, grab him as a catcher. I would not start him outside of catcher. Although then again, the stone bases are that valuable. You might be starting him at third base. Oh man, that's crazy. I never thought I'd say those words. That feels gross to even say out loud, but <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and we could talk. We can talk players all day. You know what? I lied. Let's talk Jesus Aguilar. Cause you and I both like him. We have our reasons. There's a little bit of a change going on here. And I just threw a thread up on him today. I didn't throw up all, talking about him. I threw up a thread. <laughs> not not about Jesus Aguilar, but uh, bad joke. But yeah, I'm really buying. I'm kind of buying back into him. I mean, he looks pretty solid. I'm really a fan of his. I mean, launch angle's up. Ground balls are down. Fly, fly balls are about the same, but we're seeing the line drives go up. He's always been a good contact hitter as far as in the zone. Right now, he has 100% Z contact. That will not sustain. But mm-hmm. it, always sits, it always sits in the mid-80s for Z contact, so it's always really solid. He's actually swinging more, and he's actually chasing more. But that's okay because he probably, it seems like he's benefiting from hitting, from being more aggressive. All in all, I really like the changes we're seeing here. The Statcast data is backing it up, and he's pulling the ball more than ever before too. So it's, it'll generate that power. I'm it's fool's gold. I feel like, but I'm, I'm I want to buy in. Maybe it's the fan in me. Talk me off this ledge. No, I like what we see. It's it's too it's too small of a sample size for me to be like too excited. Yeah. But he cut his K rate almost in half and his sweet spot percentage is around 50%, which it's not going to stay there. But like you said, his line drives are up and that's why he's hitting a ton of balls on the barrel. His barrel percentage has not gone up Mm. beyond 2017 and 2018 when he did really well. It's well beyond what he did last year when he was struggling. But so his launch angle and his exit velocity are, are consistent basically with what he's been doing. Uh, But he's been hitting the ball on the barrel and and hitting the ball very hard, just like he was in 2017 and 2018. He, He pretty much looks like the guy we saw in 2017 and 2018 that we were hoping for to be last year and went. Yeah. Well, like 2017, like, look, he's hitting 294 against fastballs, 375 against breaking through 273 versus off speed. Mm-hmm. Last year, he batted 256 versus fastballs, but 217 versus breaking 208 versus uh, off speed. Uh, back when he was doing well, he batted 266 versus fastballs, batted 301 versus breaking. So he could handle them more right now. It looks like his first, Pitch swing percentage is down from 61 to 53, but his overall swing percentage is up. So it looks, and his, you know, his whiff percentage is down. It looks like he's just being, he's actually being more disciplined 
in terms of looking for the pitch, waiting for mm-hmm. his pitch. But as soon as he gets the pitch, he sees in his zone, he swings at it. Uh, and he's been really lucky to make contact. But we see, you know, his, his sweet spot percentage when he is swinging, he's hitting it on the barrel. So it's only 60 games, you know. I mean, we've seen him have tremendous, um, you know, success in the in the past. So if this guy is hitting the ball in the barrel with the kind of power he has, absolutely buy in. Um, I would be starting him. Like if I had him or Alonzo, I don't, if I had them both, I don't know if I, I would think that you'd be able to just start one at corner infield. But if I was like push came to shove and you also happen to have like Matt Olson, I'm not sure what I'd be doing. I, I might start Aguilar over, uh, you think got utility too. So this is a tough corner. <laughs> you probably start in all of them, but Aguilar though, it'd be, I, he would never be on my bench. He's uh, yeah. He's a guy that you got to add him. And obviously I think we agree. He should be, let's see where he's at ownership wise. He's only 10% owned right now. He should be 100% owned. If, I would own him in a 10-team league right now. Yeah, just because in case he actually is back to who he was. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. You don't, you don't, We don't know. Players make changes all the time. But yeah, 10% which owned, by, and this is Yahoo League, so Yahoo Leagues do cater to shallower formats. Ten. Which, by the way, get rid of 10-team leagues. Well, speaking of 10-team leagues... I, I grew up on them, and they're fun, but it's just too... It, you'd be amazed... I, I get anxiety adding two more players. There's too many players on the waiver. Wire. I get anxiety. I legitimately, I'm playing my 12 teamers with my, my home leagues and I'm over here. Like I get anxiety, legitimate anxiety when I look at the waiver wire because there's so many players that, and the problem is with these, with these shallower leagues, not again, play what you're comfortable playing. But the problem is, is that like, I miss out on a lot of these guys. Like my 15 teamers are doing way better because I have a lot of Yastrzemski, a lot of Kyle Lewis, a lot of guys that I drafted on those teams. Those are guys that went undrafted in these 12 teamers. I didn't pick them up because I was willing to ride out who I drafted. Yeah. And who I drafted isn't playing as well or starting off as hot as these guys. So yeah. that's where playing in deeper leagues really benefits your knowledge of the player pool. Yeah. So it's definitely. all about it's all about your comfort level, though. Like 10 team leagues aren't for me. Eight team leagues. We have a question here for an eight team, eight, eight team head-to-head league, points league. Like my mind hurts, my head hurts looking at it because the 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 waiver wire is loaded with talent and he wants to talk, like you can drop anybody in those leagues. Just drop, drop Pete Alonzo, drop Rafael Devers. Like these are guys on his team I'm looking at. And it's like, you can drop them all and they're It's all justifiable in eight team league. Cause the waiver wire is filled with Javier Baez, Michael Brantley, Kyle Schwarber, Trent Grisham. Like <laughs> in a 10 team league, I would trade five players for Nick Castellanos. If you can, yeah, if you can do that, seriously, <laughs> if you can, like, this is eight team league and it's actually a points league. So we'll talk about it here. Cause we're going to jump into the fantasy baseball questions and try to run through these a little bit. Um, <laughs> less than Dave at run DMCD. He just popped in this question and he's hilarious. Yes, I have a question. Well, the, ro- the Rotosaurus. Yeah, the Rotosaurus. He's all he's a smart dude when it comes to strategy. But him and I go back and forth on our whiskey takes all the time and bourbon and all that. And he asks, should I add water to good whiskey or actually just not ruin it and drink it straight with a with a laughing emoji? Him and I go back and forth on having ice, a nice big ice cube in our in our whiskey or bourbon. It's my preference to have it. That's how I like it. He likes his neat, straight up, whatever you want to call it, straight. And yeah, so that's why he brought it up. I'm going to still go with my ice cube, although I respect it without it. I enjoy the ice cube. I enjoy the cold, but the bottom is watered down. I will give him that. Do you However, put in one of those giant ice cubes that are like yes. as big as the glass? Yes, I like those. Those are my those favorite. Are, those are cool. They are cool. Thank you. You, ever, you know what I hate? Those rock ones. The rock ones? What do you they mean? They have like those ice squares? cubes. They're like, they're basically like, yeah, the, the, like the, uh, the whiskey rocks. Yeah. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of those. I mean, they make more sense because it doesn't water down, but I don't know. It's because there's a rock in my glass. I can never get, I can never get into that. 
Yeah, well, I like the one big ice cube thing. I think it looks really cool, and I, <laughs> I'm all about aesthetics at times. But yeah, I like my. But don't be <laughs> wrong. I'm not gonna say no to whiskey without ice. Like I'm not gonna say no to whiskey or bourbon ever. But yeah, I just had a, that was the first question. He just popped it in here as we started going through these, so we can move on from that one. Dave, appreciate the question, buddy. Um, at Toronto Way, Canadian kid is Eduardo Escobar a capable second base option in points leagues trade or hold on to him. He wants to know if there's a brighter future for Eduardo Escobar. And if he's startable <laughs> at second base, he was a guy. What, how, how big is this league? By the way, I don't, I 12 team. He actually wrote it underneath. I honestly was at the point, like, you know me, I was fading him hard. He was like barely inside my top 20 or was never even inside my top 20 at any position. He was eligible. There was a lot of regression already kind of showing to be there coming into the season. I'm not so optimistic. Do you have any positive thoughts or what are your thoughts on Eduardo Escobar? Uh, no, uh, I don't. I didn't see anything I like last year other than the happy fun ball and a elevated high uh, home run to fly ball ratio. He's, you know, he's, he is what his style line suggests. He has his career average for his uh, walk and strikeout rate. So there's nothing really a big surprise there. If you kind of look at it, his line drive rate is right along with his career average. His ground ball rate is a little higher, but again, 2013, 2014, 2015, he kind of lived in that area. So he's not elevating the ball as much as he used to. So there's probably going to be some better days ahead. He's just not pulling the ball and he's, he's hitting the ball hard enough, but there was always going to be regression. So yeah, is, is, is he going to bounce back from, what is he hitting right now? 164, 233, 255? Sure. Uh, I would say that he ends the year probably. Like, I don't think there'll be a difference between him and big difference between him and Todd Frazier, but <laughs> I'd true. rather I'd rather wheel Todd Frazier out there. I mean, not that my answer there should probably be enough to tell you that you can drop him and, and stream someone else. Yeah, and a 12 teamer, it's tough. I would try to sell on his name if he could, because I was never buying into him in this year anyway. He's not somebody I could start right now. And the, the big things for me, it's it's weird. The, the his big thing for power was how much he pulled the ball and how much he put the ball in the air last year. Mm -hmm. The the five ball, like you mentioned, the ground ball rates up, the five ball rate is down with the line drive rate a little up, which is good. But he's more he needs to be a five ball guy. But the pull rate being down like what eight percent, eight and a half was I can't do the math 8.8% .8%, which is easy math I should have been able to do that but 8.8% we're talking as far as his pull rate being down again we know it's a small sample but if he's not pulling the ball as much or getting the opportunity to pull the ball as much while putting the ball on the ground more that's a recipe for disaster with this profile plus look at that infield fly ball rate 23.1% he's get he's getting under everything so maybe he's trying to pull. It's, so he's missing out on he's pulling. Try, the ball. He's trying to hit home runs that aren't going out this year because yeah. early on, a lot of people thought again the happy fun ball was back. But there's a lot of data suggests that it's definitely the old ball. Um, balls are being hit hard back in like the 2015 range, not the 2019 range. So he's screwed. Um, like Renato Nunez, I'd much rather have Todd Frazier. I think I'd rather have just Aguilar. pretty much Aguilar. Absolutely would rather have Dominic Smith. I'd rather have. Yeah, it's we're at that point where he again. If you could sell on his name, I would, but I'm kind of I've already, I was already out on him, so this is really me just not interested at all. Like I, I I'm kind of biased, but I'm also the same guy who dropped Paxton and Edwin Carnacion in a 12 team league. So obviously, I have a quick trigger finger. I'm not waiting around. I don't have time to wait for him to come around. Could he go on a hot streak in a week or two? Sure. What well, could you, you really? It? What could you trade him for though? Edwin Carnacion, James Paxton. <laughs> I, I wouldn't trade him for James Paxton. Yeah, That's the well, thing. I'll it's be, like, I'll be, you can get maybe Paxton. you could trade him for Matthew Boyd. 
<laughs> Maybe honestly, if you think there's a chance Boyd bounces back or gets going or Musgrove, he's the type of guy you buy low with a solo. Like here, yeah, my struggling hitter, to. my struggling hitter for your struggling pitcher. Let's see. Hey, they do that in real MLB, man. Let's like let's exchange let's exchange uh damaged goods and see if either of us makes out on the other side. Basically, let's throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. I get it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, next question is how long am I about to be without Loriano? which I think it's gonna be a little bit of time and is Jesse Winker, the right replacement off the wire. Other options are Goodwin, Reddick, Hazley, JBJ, and Chris Owings, 16 teams. So they, they get 16 team league. So it's a deeper league. And those were the best options, I guess. So first off your thoughts on Lorano. Honestly, I feel, I, I feel bad for the guy because he was provoked and apparently pretty like nasty things were said about him and his mother, apparently in, in something about like in Spanish. I don't remember. I read about it a little bit last night. But how long do you think we see Loreano out for? And out of these options, is Jesse Winker the guy you go with? All right. So there's two things. Yes. Uh, he's going to get suspended for probably multiple weeks. But uh, Joe Kelly has yet to serve a game because of, you know, uh, sus- you know appeals. So there's a chance Loreano misses zero games this season. You have to be on top of it. It's always a risk to start him in weekly leagues. Uh, I wouldn't go dropping him or anything like that because, again, because of uh, appeal, if they allow him to appeal like normal, he may not serve a game even this season. So um, that's something you got to keep in, you know, got to keep an eye on. But uh, as far as if you're adding someone just in case, can you say those options again? Because those are ugly. Jesse Winker, which I'm going to just say yes. That's my option. My answer here Jesse Winker, Brian Goodwin, Josh Reddick, Adam Hazley, JBJ, or Chris Owings gross i'm looking up one thing real quick and winker seems like he might be he's coming around he's been coming around lately and he gets the strong side of a platoon bats fifth or sixth in the lineup so at least you know he's getting like i know goodwin gets the strong side of a platoon as well but i want the guy with the better ballpark and some pedigree and again coming around he's hitting of late we're talking three of his last four games are multi-hit games he has a hit in each of uh, in what one two he has a hit in five of his last six so again coming around I want the guy who's seeing the ball better, who's hitting in the better ballpark and plays on the strong side of platoon where it feels like he's always in. And with all those, with all those injuries with Senzel, not playing regularly with Mustakas yet to come back. We have all these guys that he could be playing against lefties on occasion as well until everybody's healthy. I guess I, that'd be fine. If it wasn't, if <laughs> it wasn't, <laughs> yeah, if it wasn't him, I'd maybe give a shot on Hazley who still strikes out a lot. But um, he he's maybe someone who has some intriguing upside. But I think I think it's definitely Winker's the the guy. I don't think the other guys are really in his category. So yeah, it's, yeah I wouldn't be that. happy. You, know, you just got to pray that Loriano is going to stick around. And if he doesn't, though, like I said, just go with the high. Now now hot seat lineups lock in about five hours, five and a half hours. Are you starting Loriano this week if you're a Loriano owner in a weekly? It highly depends. If my option is him or um, or Winker, uh, I'm starting Loriano. Uh, 100% because I don't, I don't think this, I highly doubt with the A sitting in first place, the Loriano just takes this suspension sitting down at worst. He's going to appeal and get this probably decreased if he can. Um, not that, you know, again, they're going to try to set a precedent here with a, with COVID they're going to try to, you know, really ding him. But I, I, I doubt, I highly doubt he misses a game this week. I highly doubt it. Yeah. That's going to be tough. I'm going to go with Winker and play it safe. Because I, I know, and what you're saying honestly makes a ton of sense. And I have a hard time even arguing it. But I'm going to be, at the okay, well, I'll play this whole, like, the in-between card. If I need sure production, I'm going Winker. Like, for sure, like, you know he's playing this week. If I, if I, have, if I have the 
if I can play that whole, maybe I don't like if, if I take a zero, I won't be the end of the world thing. I just can't. Afford, you know what? No, I can't afford to take a zero. I agree with you. I don't think he takes suspension like without argue without putting up a fight. But on the off chance he does, I'm gonna just play Winker and just. I would be more apt. I'd be more apt to go Winker and head to head. Um, in Roto, I would definitely roll Loriano. And just uh, I, I went in a week where I couldn't afford to lose even in a bat, maybe. But I really, I still don't think I would. I, I, I really get I, it. I think the chances of Loriano missing a game this week are like five percent. Yeah, and I, I, I totally get that. That's why it's like I'm not. I have a hard time really fighting you for it. like i'm not here to like i'm just here to i'm gonna play it safe and take winker that's all it's just strictly i know i'm getting at bats and yeah i can't take zeros because every week because of covid or something i've been taking a damn zero everywhere like on, on at least one team everywhere i get a zero between a pitcher getting pushed back some games getting postponed etc cetera, etc cetera. this this crazy this is madness you gotta embrace it you believe in mitch moreland from jkj underscore rasball um yeah i do against righties <laughs> he crushes righties if you're in a daily league where you can plug if you can't afford to plug him in he's been crushing righties this year he crushes righties his whole career he only plays against righties trot him out there against righties but i'm not buying into him in a weekly format where you just with lefties in there and he's not gonna get every other playing time but in a daily sure why not if you need power i mean i would in a weekly too it just depends on how many lefties are lined up to yeah. face him he's got six home runs already so far it's uh, all righties i think which is crazy yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I mean, I believe in what he's doing. What he what he's doing isn't any kind of a big surprise. He's obviously off to like a really hot start. His barrel percentage is somewhere around thirty percent. His barrel percentage is higher than his sweet spots percentage. So that that tells you all you need to know as, as far as uh, his ability to keep this up. So you know, he's not going to hit three twenty three the rest of the way. He's not going to hit like you know a billion home runs. He's not going to lead the league, but he's fine. First base is a, is a difficult place to find production. So uh, he's, he's, if you're starting him at any point, you probably don't have a better option. I mean, like uh, who, who are you sitting him for? Most, most people, <laughs> but if like, you know, if you're uh, sitting at corner infield and your your options are Mitch Moreland and Todd Frazier. Yeah. I'm going with Mitch Moreland. Well, right. Like this week, uh, Bell and Goldschmidt are going to be missing half the week. Yeah. The, the, I mean, yeah. Perfect opportunity. You obviously play Mitch Moreland. Though. Yes. That's why like, those are like, that's popped in my head recently, like right now. But the ne- and the next question is a really good one too, is like, from- I wouldn't start Moreland. Like if anyone's thinking, Oh, I have Alonzo. He's struggling. I'm going to start Moreland. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, I, 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 you know, it could bite you, but I wouldn't do that. We're not there yet. Gotcha. And the, like I said, the, uh, we'll go ahead and go to the next question. I'm with you on Moreland for the most part. Um, at CJRDVM, Chris Rad Raid, I am going to script your last name. I'll just call you Chris. What are the chances that the Astros make Josh James into a closer if Presley continues to have injury issues? Stash candidate. He's way valuable as a relief pitcher anyway and for ratios and Ks. He's looked really good the first um, first couple innings of a game and then would kind of kind of struggle. So if he can pitch you two solid innings out of the bullpen, which, again, his stuff kind of plays to, th- this team needs help. This bullpen needs help. The problem is, is he's so valuable as a multi-inning guy. I, I think he'll still close. I think he'll still save here and there, but I'm not sure he's going to do much other than that out of the bullpen. Do you think he'll be the closer? Not this year. I think he should be in the bullpen long-term. He's just, he just can't, he can't be a starter. He hasn't shown the ability to do it. The only the problem is terrible. The only problem is that people look at a guy 
like this and say, throw him in the, the bullpen. The worst thing you can be in the bullpen is a guy who walks people, though. That's like literally the cardinal sin. Don't walk people. So I'm not sure that uh, he he has bullpen written over him. What he has is a as a closer who loses his job written all over him. So <laughs> honestly, uh, I I'm kind of off of Josh James right now. He's still young and he has plenty of uh, opportunity to change things. But unless he changes something mechanically, um, and he can't get his control. Uh, under control uh we'll have to see 28 this year he had a 28.9 percent walk rate last year 13.2 percent with a 37.6 percent k rate i mean bottom six percent of the league in walk percentage um and uh, a top two percent of the league in uh in uh, in k percentage so you know it's he's always going to be walking people this year a little worse but yeah, in, in general, if I own Josh James and there was someone else who still believed in him, I'd try to trade him. I, I wouldn't be investing in him hoping for anything. Yeah, I'm just looking in like first time through the order, even as a starting pitcher for a while. I was I was hoping to maybe find something about his walk rate being higher as the game goes on, which would make more sense. But we're talking the first time through the order as a starting pitcher, which isn't very it's not a big sample this year. I'm gonna look at career and see what see what we got there. Just to get, get us a better. Uh, Plus, he's the only Astro who's four, you know, his four seamer slider changeup. He actually lost RPMs on all pitches. Ooh. So, well, I mean, you want to hear something? You want to hear something very, uh, very, very bad for him as a relief pitcher? Yeah. First time through the order as RP, 66 innings pitched, 36 walks. Wow. <laughs> so, basically, you come in for an inning, and uh, or at least the first time through the order. So, basically, you it makes sense. Like one inning appearance, two inning appearance. He gives up a walk half, uh, at least half the time, which is a lot for a relief pitcher. Yeah. But and, second time zero, because he's only done 2.2 innings. And his like, and his movement on his pitches kind of uh, trails up. So like when he misses, he kind of misses up. So you're either walking people or you're leaving it up for it to get hammered. So it's just, uh, it's just nothing, nothing fantastic uh, out of Josh James. Yeah, I got you. Any thoughts on relief pitcher Miguel Castro? This is from at Derek Mac 79. Um, seems like he's working his way into the closer role in Baltimore. We talked about that a little bit. It's just not that we don't buy into him and his strikeout stuff and everything going on. It's just we don't buy into the situation because they keep trotting out everybody like for like a couple games here. Like th- this is the wrong team to chase because they just play matchups. Is there any more to really add to that? I like the strikeout stuff. I like the ratios he's showing and. He, he's, he's he's showing some movement on his pitches. If I, I think it was a fastball yesterday. I saw Matty Wood uh, ask Alex Fast to put out on Chris Owings or something like that, or was it him? Either way, I don't know. Maybe it was the wrong pitcher. Either way, um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of like him for if you're if you're if you're desperate. This is like you're desperate. I'm desperate for saves. I need even one to three that he might get you. Go obviously go ahead. He could take the job, but I just don't trust the situation. I'm rambling. It's a long way of me saying I don't trust the situation. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to add to that? Not, not a ton. I mean, he's yeah. If you if you need saves, just because saves is a category you absolutely have to chase, then that's that's perfectly fine. Uh, the only problem is that you know he he's getting hit really hard, but he throws mostly sinkers, sliders, changeups. So if he can keep that the ball down, you maybe won't get hurt too bad. He's uh, the average exit velocity versus him is ninety two point six. Hard hit percentage is fifty six point three, which is awful. But he's striking out people not thirty five point seven percent of the time. He's not walking a ton. So yeah, if you need saves, I think he's perfectly fine. Uh, rather than spend a ton of money on, um, I can't even think of his name, Rafael Montero. I, I'm, I don't think there's a big difference between him and Miguel Castro, to be honest, at all. Uh, Castro, I probably have more confidence in to keep the strikeouts up than I do for uh, Montero. So yeah, it's it's if you have him, perfectly fine. Just 
again, be prepared to not have them at any day. Yeah, that's kind of where it is. That's, that's, there's not much to add to that, so I won't try to. Um, from Jordan McClure, J- at McClure 24 he's asking about drops. This is the eight-team league I was talking about that he has Bell, but then there's like uh, Josh Bell, I would guess he means. Then there's Michael Brantley, Javier Baez, and Schwarber all on the wa- waiver wire. It's eight-team head-to-head points league. And he has players, like, there's so much on the waiver wire, but there's players on his team, like, uh, wow, he hits loaded. I came in, like, do you, would you, like, Yuli Gurriel, you could drop him. I'm just looking yeah. at his team, like, you can't see that. You drop Yuli Gurriel, and Biggio's been kind of rough. He hasn't even been good for um, OBP right now. You can even, I can argue you could drop him to grab some of these guys that were, that he's talking about. And um, like I said, he mentioned those names and I'm kind of ran- scrambling because there's a whole bunch on the waiver wire here. Will Myers is on his waiver wire, Kyle Tucker. Honestly, you need to just create rotating spots on the bottom of your bench and just get these guys in there. I would love to know his entire bench because, I mean, Josh Bell and Schwarber, I would never allow to be sitting on a waiver wire. Well, he has Josh Bell, but Schwarber, the rest of his bench, I got I got it right here. Hold on. The rest of his bench, like they said, the hitters were Bichette, <laughs> Biggio and Josh Bell. Those are bench. on his bench. It's an eight-team head-to-head league. He oh. has Yuli Gurriel in his starting lineup. So I told him you could drop your Yuli Gurriel, even though he's been decent. I would still drop Gurriel. But yeah. other than that, it's Max Muncie, Rafael Devers, Tatis Jr., Altuve. Do you see where I'm going with this? This team is ridiculously loaded because it's an eight-team league. Every roster is going to be really hard to find spots. You got to kind of manufacture them. You might be. He might. Oh, you could drop uh, pitchers are probably worth a ton. He has Nate Pearson on his bench. So yeah, he, pitching is tough to give. So yeah, pretty much. I would say you could drop Biggio. You can create a roster spot as far as rotation between Biggio and Guriel. Those are probably the two most droppable pieces on this team. I guess. I don't really have, I mean, it's an eight team league. I'm sorry. I, I don't have a lot to add. I mean, you have, well, you have Michael, like I said, you have Michael Brantley, Schwarber, Baez on the, on the free agency. You have Swanson, Grisham on the free agent, free agent as well. My point is, is you don't have to hold on to Guriel and Biggio because you have all these, like those are the two names that come to mind that you could drop instantly to kind of rotate these hot. Yeah. If it's not an, on ba- if it's, if it's not an OBP league, Biggio can definitely go. Uh, I, I would definitely, I would take, I would definitely pick up Biggio, and, or I would definitely pick up uh, Schwarber sure. and uh, Baez for sure. Even though Baez strikes out a lot, he's just too high end to leave out there. And yeah, Brantley's and like, a good number yeah, three if guy. Te- if it's if it's not OBP and there's no strikeouts counted against you, uh, you know, yeah, you, you have to have Baez. Yeah, there's a few things, but yeah, those are like like I said, at the very least, Guriel and Biggio are your drops here yeah. on this team. All right, let me let me find the rest of this thread. We only have a few more questions, and we'll be getting out of here. I was surprised to get so much love this morning. I, I appreciate. Oh wait, wow, there's way more than I expected. All right, cool. So we're gonna run through a couple of these real quick. Stream Adam Eaton or, or Howie Kendrick this week. Oh, what does their schedule look like? They're the same team, so it doesn't... no, no, no. I I want to know like the kind of. I was just looking at the pitchers they were facing. Like lefties and righties, yeah. Um, uh, let me the Mets here. and then the. Uh, I forgot who else they're facing this week. The Mets and then the. Orioles, so good matchups all around. I would go Kendrick just because he's been playing better. I looked, Eaton's been struggling since opening day. Hit that opening day home run. I did my victory lap, and then he hasn't done anything since. Uh, he's uh, Eaton's been hitting the ball decently hard. Uh, he's just not really getting the ball on the barrel right now. So, yeah, he hasn't been running much either. So it, he does have one stolen base on the year, but uh, yeah, overall, I uh, I guess how good- he. I guess I'd be fine with Howie Kendrick. I, I I always hate sitting. I always hate sitting the superior player. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm just it's okay. We 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 could cheat a little bit. If you need the chance for a steal, you start eating. But if you just need the high floor production, I'm gonna go with Kendricks. But if you need that off chance for a steal, because Eaton's not a huge base stealer, but at least you know he can. I'll I'll start eating if I'm chasing steals. Otherwise, I'll, I'm going with Kendricks. <laughs> I'm not gonna help this guy at all. I mean, I'm I'd start eating either way. Okay. I, I mean, he's he's hitting the ball hard, and it's been a, it's been a short season so far, and they've had they've had weird crap with taking days off here and there. They're hopefully going to start getting on a roll. I, I I I would I would roll with Eaton, especially if it's weekly. I would hate to sit him when he gets hot because I don't know if if anyone has owned Eaton before. This guy, like AJ Pollock, has like. <laughs> yeah player one upside for some weeks. So uh, I don't, I, I don't think you're going to like make, I don't think you start how he can, you, you start eating. And then Howie Kendrick has a week where you're like, damn, I didn't start Howie Kendrick, but I think you could feel that way sitting at him eating and be really upset. So if it's close enough, I'd rather just roll eating. All right. Well, I uh... <laughs> flip a coin, buddy. Well, the more I think about <laughs> it, I just think Eaton's also more sure thing for playing time. That's also part of it. I think that that's gonna that plays into it because I think Hendrick, uh, I always call him Hendrick because uh, I think Kyle Hendricks, Kendrick. I think Kendrick. The problem with Kendrick is that he uh, sits a little bit here and there, which allows you know. So I, it's tough. You know what? I'm calling an audible. I'll go with Eaton. Give him one more week before I make the decision. Go with Eaton. I'll be with Matt here. You get you. You can blame both of us when it goes wrong. You can be like <laughs> that's what that's what happens when Mike change. If I change my if I change my mind, I'll blame it on you anyway, Matt, because you talked me into it. Um, Colin Moran, we know you love him. Play sit or cut. I'm just gonna say cut. Cut. He's done. All right, we can move on from that one then. That was from uh, I like to give credit at uh, P Charb thirteen. It's at P Charbino CA. Um, next question is at P Office ninety nine. Well, unless that was like a fifteen team league where you can't cut anybody. Well, I mean, he's, he asked us place it or cut. Like, that was the actual question. So uh, I'm guessing he can cut him, which we're going to cut him. Yeah. Chatwood or Lindblom this week? Ew. I'm going to go with Chatwood. Lindblom plays the uh, plays the Twins. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. I didn't realize. I just I just pulled that up on my screen. Yeah, Chatwood. I, I, I for everyone who's I love Tyler Chatwood. Um, the the Royals blew him up, which by the way, the Royals have done a fantastic job this year, and they shouldn't you know, like the Orioles or the Tigers. They've been sneaky dangerous. So um don't I, I wouldn't look too much into what Chadwood did his last start because um in terms of what he did poorly in the past, he usually walked a ton of people and gave up hard contact. He didn't do that in the last game. He gave up a lot of singles, he gave up a lot of hits, but he didn't walk anybody, so it wasn't his typical Tyler Chatwood, like old, like, uh, you know, it wasn't him regressing to old ways. He still kind of looked like the pitcher he, he, um, that has been successful. His cutter was working really well. He's getting a lot of swings and misses. So if someone did cut Tyler Chatwood, he's someone I would definitely pick up. Uh, if you can afford to sit him and maybe wait to see, I can see that, but uh, I wouldn't let him sit on a waiver wire. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm with you at Dab Scout. AO only league. Should I pick up Mize now to stash him? Yes. How many more bad outings before we drop Boyd? Not in AO only league. I don't think I can drop him. Where are you at? Those again. This assuming this is AO only. Are you stashing Mize and are and when or if in or would? Wait, when or would would you drop Boyd? Gosh, I can't talk. In a in a ten or twelve twelve team, um, I probably am already dropping Boyd. Even AL I mean, only, 10, 10, 10 team. Oh, AL only. Yeah, oh, well, because his is AL only league. Oh question. no, you can't. Then you can't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't. I mean, period. <laughs> Unless yeah. there's an injury, uh, you can't. Yeah, 
maybe you don't start them, but you definitely can't play them. But would you stash Mize in this format? Because I definitely would. It sounds like he's going to be up soon. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually surprised he's available in your league still. Uh, so yeah, it's it's hard to get talent in those kinds of leagues. Uh, yeah. Definitely take a shot because you've seen what some of these rookies have been doing straight out of the gate. Uh, they may struggle with control um, and the long ball, but you know they they also have the ability to to come up and dominate. So definitely pick them up. And uh, Alec Mills this week or take a risk with Flaherty weekly categories league. Um, I wish there was a third option because I think with Quintana back, Mills might be the guy out on the way out. What do you uh, think? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree there too. Yeah, I wish there was a third option. I'm not sure. Because I think I'm going to go with Flaherty because I think Alec Mills is the one who gets bumped when you go look at this rotation for the Cubs, uh, which I pressed on it and it didn't pop up, but I'm looking, I'm loading it now. But if you go look at this rotation, you know Kyle Hendricks is sticking, Darvish is sticking, Lester is sticking. Chatwood was already on the inside track to start when the season started anyway, one bad outing doesn't sway me. I think Mills is the odd man out for Quintana here. Yeah, I agree. Um, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. I mean, I know Mill Mills probably deserves to stick around. I think he does, but I just don't think, I think he's the one who gets bumped. That's yeah, me too. Uh, I hate that. (laughs) It bothers me because I think he's been great. Yeah. I hate that too. Um, no, I mean, I, I should say, if he was starting, I absolutely would feel good about that. I just don't know if he's going to start. I'm going to go with Flaherty. If you, unless you have a third option, if you find somebody who actually has a guaranteed start, play him over both. But I, of these two, I'm going Flaherty because I think Mills is getting, getting the bump this week. Yeah, yeah, I, I have to go the same. Okay. And at Sony Trinidad 82 Sonny, Sony, I apologize if I messed up your name. Who do you prefer rest of season as a closer, Wick or Montero? I'm going to go with Wick. Yeah, Wick. I think I've already said my spiel about yeah. Montero. Yeah, we don't need to go to Montero. Wick, the only thing is, is he uh, obviously he has he's doing well. He's going to hold on. If Kimbrell does show any life, then you have to obviously adapt to that. But Wick's on the better team and um, going to ride the better team at this point. And it looks like this is the last question. If the Pirates series is postponed for the week, cut Brian Reynolds. He was already a fringe hold. Uh, for, and it goes on, goes on. Um, this is at Shlomo Aminsky. That's his name. And uh, I asked, and it's a 10-team league, but there's five keepers, and it's Roto. So 10-team league, he's a cut for me. The five keepers aspect, I don't think he's a keeper anyway, so I still think he's a cut, but it depends on who's on the waiver wire because Brian well, Reynolds ten, could it's turn t- it on. Well, it's 10-team. How deep is the roster is how many keepers? You know, five keepers. I don't know how Only deep the five. Yeah, he's Only definitely five. not a keeper in a 10-team. So, yeah, you can afford to move on. I absolutely think that Reynolds is a gigantic buy low, but that was always going to be um, batting average and counting stats anyway, just in terms of getting him later. So for 10-team, yeah, definitely move on. I, I think in 12-team, he's a definite hold. In 15-team, I think he's an absolute buy. Gotcha. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm not holding on to him too tightly here. But if you drop him, be quick. Just be ready to pounce back on him if he if he stays available. The second he starts getting hitting, he is batting fifth almost every day. So that's that's uh, at least the the counting stats could come, but the team is just bad. So we'll see. Um, other than that, Matt, appreciate you joining me, man. That's everything. This one we we did a little a couple tangent times with Mike here and there, is what I call him. And as always, always fun to have you on. But on your way out, plug everything you do because Roto Fanatic is just taking off. Yeah, you can find uh, a lot of my work on rotofanatic.com. Uh, do the Turn 2 podcast with Jeff Zimmerman. Uh, we just started a daily podcast called the uh, the Morning Relay. 
uh, which is going to be kind of a rotating uh, group of people. Me, Mike Govier, Nathan Dawkin, uh, Crosby Spencer, Paul Mamino, a lot of the guys over on Roto Fanatic. We're going to be going through like 20, 30 minutes every morning. And uh, yeah, always follow me on Twitter. I'm Matt Williams, M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-M-S. Always talking baseball. Absolutely love talking baseball at all times. And of course, if you want to follow the podcast, you can follow Bases Loaded Pod at Bases Loaded Pod. You can follow myself at Mike underscore Curlin. We appreciate listening. On your way out, please drop a five-star rating and review. And as always, we will talk to you soon.